0: Hey, what's up? This is Jeremy Palco from The Walking Dead, and this is Still Token With. Hi, I'm Larry
1: Kenny, and you're listening to Still Token With. What's up, everybody? It's comedian
2: Sherwin Array, and you're listening to Still Token With on the Dorkening Podcast Network.
3: Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You are watching Still Token With. My name is Leo. And I'm the monkey behind the keyboard
2: here. And uh, Benjamin, how's it going? Uh, good. I think. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm excited for tonight's show. Um, and, and I thought I was gonna have a, my co-host here and I see somebody else backstage. So that tells me that something went on that I don't know anything about and I kind of was left out of the loop. So we're gonna have to discuss that for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about uh, tonight's show. You know, we've had a, we've had somebody similar to this on in the past. Um, who became good friends with us all. You know, we know who that was. Um but I I'll, I'll let you I'll let you introduce my surprise co-host. <laughs> Holy crap, Rico. Hey. Hey Rico. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great, gentlemen. I'm surprised to see you. <laughs> I was hoping not.
4: Um, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is a surprise, like like a finger in your bum or like a surprise, like, hey, your parents died, but they left you a ton of money. Like, I don't know I which think one. It's more
2: like a surprise you stepped on a landmine. Don't fucking move. <laughs> oh, that was a reference to our guest tonight. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm going a, I'm to a look forward. All right. Well, you actually right. looking to the side. You got two cameras going there. What's going on?
4: <laughs> I do. I have. I have a couple of angles here. Now that we got fancy in
2: the studio, we have two angles. Oh my god! Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all right. I don't mind. I, it, it's it's going to be a great show. I mean, um our guest tonight retired, I believe. Yes. No. Maybe. Yeah, I think. He's no. Uh, no. I'm here. No. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I said reti- I'm here. I'm here. retired. Yeah. From the Army. Uh, I have a lot
0: of time in yeah, return. He's, he's Just, breaking just up. a lot
2: of service time. Yeah. A lot of service time. You so, got me? Um, yeah. Yeah, we got you. Um, spent several years in counterintelligence for the U.S. Army, traveling to all over the world, some of the
0: most dangerous right. places. But
2: we're going to let him come on and talk about that. Uh, let's welcome Pete
0: Turner. Hey man, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, it's always great. I believe I know Rico, if I'm not mistaken. Rico, how are you?
4: I'm doing pretty good, Pete. Yeah, Pete actually has interviewed me before.
0: That's right, he's oh, yeah, he's been on my show. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, funny. I am yeah. so
2: sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's a small world, man. It's funny, yeah. So, I've, I've I didn't retire, but um, I was in and with uh, the military for um, three different times in the army. And uh, I don't quite have 20 years, but I got a lot of combat time and about as much as anybody reasonably should have. But the thing that makes me a little bit different than a lot of people is I got a lot of time outside the wire and I was able to go on a lot of combat missions more than pretty much anybody else, especially in my field, of ca- counterintelligence. And it makes me a bit of a unique bird Because I was able to, usually you promote away from the ground, but I kind of worked laterally. And so as I promoted up and got more senior, I was able to stay connected to the villages and work outside, but but partner with senior military leaders. And so I... Yeah, I'm trying it's to get some spot. I'm sorry, fellas. Yeah. That's okay. I I'm right. gonna get I assume that you're I, I
2: assume you're home.
0: I just got home, yeah. W-
2: would you like you can run in if you want and jump on the computer. We can entertain ourselves.
0: Yeah, it'll take me 2 minutes. Let me do that. I'll be right back.
2: No it's worries, man. No worries. So <clears throat> So let's entertain ourselves. Rico. Entertain me, please. Oh, oh, that's not. I thought, I thought that's where we were, we were going. Well, you can go that way if you'd like. I mean, by all no, means. I don't
4: think. I don't think your audience wants to, wants <laughs> to see that. Uh, yeah, if Pete, Pete interviewed me a while back, uh, like a while, while back, like he probably didn't recognize me because I was like 150 pounds, probably heavier. That's why right, when right. he looked at me, at he like, went like, holy shit, that is, I know him, like. Is that a good yeah. thing
2: or a bad thing? No, I mean I've lost a, a lot of weight. So I mean that's Well, I don't mean that. I meant that he interviewed you.
4: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we had a good talk. Yeah, this was this was a couple years ago uh when I first started talking about my my human trafficking cases like he had me. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, okay. that's that's really interesting that uh he he's he's the guest. How are you, Ben? Are we good, Ben? Are we oh, I'm Are good. we good? Yeah.
2: Oh okay. okay. no, no, we're good. We're definitely good. I just was I, I knew nothing about.
4: Ah, okay. Well, surprise. Yeah.
2: So I think Pete's back. Yeah. I'm back. Go. I'm back. All right. Sorry, folks. Appreciate that. Oh, uh, look right. at that. He's even got headphones, folks. Now, yeah, we, we caught him with, we that literally, was that we was literally caught him with his pants down in the car (laughs) no i'm just
0: (laughs) kidding
4: that's right i'm glad i'm not the only one without pants this this who's wearing
0: pants these days no one needs that
3: right (laughs) you you know you joke but that actually happened on a show once uh we had uh she will remain nameless uh but a very high profile horror actress uh, she popped on to make sure her connection worked and she was going to, she said, Oh, my cat's here or something like that. So she went to stand up. She stopped herself. She goes, Oh, I forgot. I'm not wearing pants.
0: It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. In the radio. I, I had one of those on, on my show. Um, Jamie Kennedy came on my show, right? And uh, he was just wearing a robe, and he's like, "Wait, it's video?" And I'm like, "That's all right." So I went back in, and I took my clothes off, and I came in wearing a robe. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's true. Oh, that's great. That's great. We'll go robes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've had a couple of those kind of incidents where, like, the person because yeah, it's we've been doing our show for a long time, so people didn't always realize that, like, video and live. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and you can put, you guys must know this. You can legitimately put the words "live" and "video" in big bold letters, and they're like. I'm not gonna read that shit. And you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> <it's>
2: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had we've had some guests we're we're you know 20, 30 minutes into the show. And now when we're live, this show here specifically, we're on 24 platforms simultaneously worldwide, right? Okay, so when I tell them this before we go live and we'll talk and stuff, we've had guests come out and literally say something, and they go, Oh, wait, you 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 really need to edit that. I go, dude, we're live. So you, you are going to get a phone call from your agent in about yeah. 10 minutes yeah. because of what you just said. You know, it's like, that's why we're live. That's why we're yeah. successful because people watch. They want to see that live, totally. you know?
0: Yeah.
4: So speaking cool. of live, I'm going to go ahead and do something here. No, I'm good. Go ahead.
0: Are we going Are we, going, are we going scans? <laughs> <laughs> Me Shirts and skins. Me and Leo, me and Leo are shirts. Yep. <laughs>
2: well,
0: <laughs> that's what I figured. That's what I figured. We got us handsome devils on the bottom row here. We're going to go skins. Right.
2: And so, oh, God. so now that we've derailed the show for 12 minutes, <laughs> you, you, you've mentioned a couple times that you have a show. Can can you tell us a little bit about your show? What is your show? What do you do?
0: Yeah, it's called break it down show. And uh, you know, I, I talked to just whoever, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of combat stuff, of course, but mm-hmm. you know today we talked to baseball and I, I you know, I talked to all kinds of writers. Um, it, it can really be anything, you know, I've, any kind of social topic, it really spans a wide spectrum because, you know, my show is really about life and and what's okay. interesting okay. to me. And so it's been an, an incredible journey over 2000 episodes and wow. it, it just, it's amazing. The Look, you guys know what this is like. You get to talk to these, you know i mean it's funny as your guys' scroll was going across i'm like oh i know ben bartlett oh i know someone so oh i know you know and you just you get to know all these people and and mm-hmm. I, I just I, i'm showered with all these wonderful people in my life that i get to know and and experience and it's just it's mind-blowing uh, when right, you have a show right. and you just i get to pick anybody anybody any topic anytime anywhere i'll be in san diego tomorrow talking to someone and uh, it's just amazing, so yeah, it's, it's that, great. It's a great that, show.
2: I, I gotta take a step back for a second, and I gotta say, love both of you. So, Gina Shock, drummer from the Go Go's, Hall of Fame drummer from the Go Go's, and the amazing Wendell Goodman, her counterpart, uh, two amazing, amazing people. Thank you for watching, guys. Yeah, uh, so um, but yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like why. We started the show was the same thing. It was, it was you know being able to talk to people that I thought were interesting Mm -hmm. uh, or idols. You know, growing up watching certain people on TV, now being able to chat with them, um, you know, unscripted. Just to basically, it's like sitting in the backyard, grabbing a beer, and shooting the shit with your buddies, right? You know, Um, but. Let's I want to get kind of on topic just a little bit because I do want to, you know, so you said, you know, you spent a lot of time outside the wire. Yeah. As you called it, um doing some, I would say, pretty interesting, but dangerous things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. But before we go past this, uh, it's how close our shows related. Um, You know, Gina Shock. Hi, Gina. I know Jane's brother, Andy. Not that I know him well, but he's been on my show before. That's that's how tight our circles can go. Like when you have shows, right? All of a sudden, shoop, we've got two of the members of the Go Go's covered in this episode. You know, right? It's uh, awesome. That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, my job is exceptionally dangerous, and it's one of those jobs where, and look. Rico knows this when, when guys like us go out, like let's say Rico and I are partnered, right? Cause that could easily be the case. First off Rico and I got to work together. He's got to understand what I need him to be able to translate so that when we go out, he and I are working together as partners and, um, we're able to communicate to the person we're trying to talk to in a way that makes more sense. Because if I'm not working with the person who's interpreting for me, um, we're, we're we're dead in the water already and that means that people are on patrol with us and we're not doing our job at the professional level so that's the first thing and i do that mm-hmm. really well so I, I work with my interpreters so that they understand beforehand like this is what we're going for and if you think because you know the language if you think you've got something i'm going to be quiet and get out of your way and let you do your job because usually that person has a cultural knowledge that i can't possess and mm-hmm. so i'm always looking to try to do as little as possible to get to the information. And once the information flows, my job is to slowly like get out of the way and let the information flow. And then once I hear something, then I maybe develop it and spend time in that conversation. It's just like anybody else. Like when you hear something that's interesting, you go, wait, slow down, tell me more about that. What color is that? What What does that taste like? What's uh, What does that feel like? And you slowly expand that knowledge. And so that's what I'm trying to do If I get into a gunfight like you see in the movies, man, I can never go back to that region again because now I'm Pete that gets into gunfights. But if I go out and I build trust, I can go Mm -hmm. back to that region again and again and again and again. And I build friends and friends get told things. The worst way to find out where the bombs are is to show up somewhere and be like, where are the bombs? Right. And so I do the opposite of that. I build friends wherever I go.
2: So you basically you sit around the campfire and shoot the shit. In the hopes that something clicks and sparks and you go, that's what I was looking for. You know, that's right. you, you don't acknowledge that you heard it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you do. Maybe you do. And and look, I, I'm never, I'm never being direct with what I want because I don't know what I need. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, I, and, and I'm open with what I'm doing you know, like if someone says, are you a spy? And I'm like, of course, I'm here to find things out. I'm trying to make sure people stay safe. I'm trying to limit harm. I'm trying to help. And and if you think I'm asking a question that, that you don't want to answer, don't answer it because I'm only here to be useful to people, right. you know? And so I, I say it honestly and openly, you know, I'm an American. i work worked with the military. What do you think I'm here to do? Yes. I'm asking questions. And if they say, are you a spy? I'll always say yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Because, if I'm dishonest ever, if you ever hear a different story from me from somewhere else, then then again, I'm Pete, the guy that lies to people, and I'm never going to be that. I'm always going to be honest. I'm always going to extend trust so I can get trust back because if people trust me, they're like, hey, you can always know that Pete's always going to be honest with you. Pete's a good dude, and they'll introduce me to the people that I need to meet so I can meet the people that I must meet so that I can accomplish the mission. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that.
4: So what I'm hearing is that, Pete, we're going to join the cartel. We're going to flip it around. We're just going to become billionaires. Just you know what?
0: Nuts. If you don't meet the cartel, you can't do that. That's for sure. And that's the thing that we get a wrong yeah. a lot in the counterintel world. It's like, wait, let's get all these bad people off the camp. And I'm like, no, man. Our job is to go meet the bad people and drink that whiskey with them and turn them into friends and see who we can flip. at least know the bad people hey i know you're doing bad stuff i don't care about that i know you do bad things i don't care about that i just want to know who i can work with you know Mm. and then if i can work with someone and then maybe flip one of them great you know but but you don't do it on day one that's for sure
4: for the people listening that don't understand the lingo because there's a few words that i'm i'm listening uh outside of the wire basically means when you when you get to a combat zone. You have specific spots that you go into where it's like your safe zone, like your headquarters, right? Uh, once you leave the wire, once you leave the premises, then you're out in sector where it's more likely that that things are going to occur. And a flip in the in the drug world or in the intelligence world, a flip is basically when a bad guy or somebody from one party joins another party, normally in exchange for certain leniencies and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. that's something that's good to point out, Ben.
2: Yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why you're here, I guess. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know. No, I mean, uh, I. I sure. mean, as 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 a, I don't know how I want to word this without sounding ignorant. As just as a U.S. citizen, or as a citizen of a country, I don't know what goes on in your worlds. You know, and it's very interesting to me because I've always been really big on military military history and my favorite films are based on real occurrence. Yeah. You know what I mean? And especially the military side of things that are based on real occurrence. Hmm. You know, I love watching like medal of honor shows and things like that's that's me. Um so to hear these things I'm kind of like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. I'm almost yeah. in awe. <laughs> you know, I mean seriously, I mean
0: so Yeah, (laughs) let me uh, let me take you a little bit out of awe, because if I'm doing my job and again, like if Rico's with me doing my job, he and I are simpatico, like in a way that like it's so important for me. Like, let's say I fall in and and let's say Rico's not even from our country. Let's say he's from another country. He and I are going to go for a walk. We're going to walk for hours and I'm going to explain like what I'm trying to do. Right. And I'm going to ask him, like in your culture, how do you get things? And he's not going to say, well, we never asked straight for it like, let's say I'm trying to get into some girl's pants, right? I never go, Hey, I'm here to fuck you. Like that never, that never works. Right. And so I'm like, like, well, I mean, sometimes I suppose. Right. But I'm going to like, how do we like, how do you get a girl to like you? How do you get someone to, to agree to do something? They wouldn't just give up right away. Well, you know, we asked a series of questions. So we would go on this long walk and have these conversations. And so that I would understand their nature. He would understand mine. And we would slowly piece together how we're going to approach these questions. And, and I would empower him to help me do my job. And and once he understands that, this is very rare, and he'll tell you, most interpreters don't get treated this way. And, and so even if they were like locals, I'd be like, here's what I'm trying to do. And if I can't trust this person, how do I go on patrol with them anyhow? So even if they're going to betray me, which is not really, it's, it's not really, doesn't really matter. Like if they're going to betray me, I'm going to detect it right away and be like, I can't go on patrols with this guy. Got to get rid of him. But that usually isn't what happens. Usually they're so honored because I'm good at culture, they're so honored to like, hey, this guy trusts me. They they bend over backwards to help me because I do trust them and I do respect them. And we're talking to people that are respectful. And I'm like, I'm looking for the most respected people. I'm looking for the most influential people. I want to talk to farmers, but I also want to work up the ladder. And these guys are like, you're going to do that with me? You're going to trust me to make these relationships? I'm like, yes, it's vital that we get this right. I'm going to work as hard as you possibly can. And you're not going to outwork me. So when you need a break, let me know, but we're going to do some cool stuff. Right, and right. every interpreter is like, Pete, I've never been treated like this before. And I'm like, if any American fucks with you, you let me know. Don't ever yell at them. That's my job. Find out what their name is. Find out what unit they're in. And I'll go I'll go have that ass. I'll, I'll go take care of it. And so whenever they, you know, they now have someone on their side. And I'll let Rico tell you what that's like to have an American who's working to treat you like that. Man, I have this person on my my, my interpreters. Now my advocate and I'm their advocate. Now when we leave camp and we go out and work with people, and they see that we're doing this, we're legitimately trying to help the Iraqis, the Afghans, whoever it's gonna be, they buy into it because I've bought into it and I've done right. this a lot. And so what you're seeing in the movie is gonna look really boring because <laughs> all we're doing is having conversations in barbershops, we're drinking whiskey, we're doing whatever it is. Mm. but. What Rico is, is doing, he is like, man, I'm stoked. I just can't believe we met the the entire head of this tribe. Or we just met this person or this person who runs all of the dairies and 500 miles. We're like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe all these people are meeting. But it would make a terrible movie because we're not trying to do anything sensational. We're just building a network that's so influential when the commander is like, who do we talk to to change this thing? I know who that person is, and I know how they think.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. So I just really want to real quick say, welcome, Tony.
0: Hey, good evening, guys. Sorry
1: about that. You know, my other master Newsmax had me on a little bit later this evening than I expected. So great to join you. all.
4: Is that retired Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer?
1: That is, but we're like the mafia. We never really retire. So, you know.
3: Oh,
4: I know who whenever,
1: you are. <laughs> whenever, whenever they need something, they come ask. Trust me. It's, yeah, it's, I've I heard uh nothing. stories about you. you. Know, <laughs>
2: you. Yeah. Uh Anthony or Tony, uh and I and Jeff, who's not here tonight, and we, we 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 got to chatting back uh a few months back in Virginia. We had him on the show. He's an amazing gentleman. Uh and I asked him to join us tonight because thank you. This is this is really his forte as well. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah. On, on a different side of things, you know, he was more like the spy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, thanks for having me. Peter is Peter. Peter's going through and talking about the very hard work of building rapport and going tactically out uh, outside the yeah. wire. And first off, Peter, yeah. first, let's uh, people don't understand how dangerous it is to be outside the wire. I mean, <sighs> when you and I were deployed. Yeah, it's like. People who deploy and to get the, the the combat patch, they don't go to combat. They're all sitting at Bagram or sitting at an airfield, uh, yeah. living up the life. I mean, at Bagram, not everybody, you could you could, you could actually walk in and, and it's like little America. Yeah. But once you're once you're outside the wire, it's completely different. People don't understand. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's 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 dangerous. And it, even if you're being effective uh, and the people who are around you love you, there are people trying to kill them too. I mean, because you know you're out. And uh, you know, dark. We've talked about my book, Dark Heart. We were coming back from a, a from a reconnaissance of Kabul one time with the with the NSA guys, and an IED goes off in front of us. And it didn't matter. You know, they were ready to kill their own people. They didn't care. They they missed. Thank God. And they, and and it, it went off too yeah. early to to, to to trap us. But to 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 Pete's point, it's like you're out there and you're mm-hmm. doing things. And uh, if you guys see Dark Heart, I think I got a copy here. You know, there's there's me on the cover. And I'm wearing, you know, basically just uh, action guy clothes. You know, I'm wearing, uh, you know, yeah. Jay Peterman T-shirts and and pants and, and with a goatee. And so you're out trying to look as best you can to blend in. And some guys like Pete had a full beard. I I didn't. I, I was too cool too, too cools for school. I, I didn't want to go to the <laughs> beard round. So I just did yeah. the, the Klingon thing. I wanted to look like a Klingon. Anyway, point being is is what Peter's talking about. And I don't know how much you, I apologize for being late. Uh, it's hot. It's very dangerous. People die. People, yeah, yeah. Uh, unlike other wars, the people who died most in, in this war were logisticians who were trying to just run stuff around the rear area, uh, civil affairs folks who were out trying to do the the the, the village support operations, things like that, that, that Peter was doing, and a few special operations guys. But it wasn't the infantry guys who were most likely to get hit. It's Peter or other folks who were outside the wire because it mm-hmm. was a very unconventional war. So,
2: right. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of one of the questions I had for you, Peter. So being outside the wire with certain tribes, now, do their their people look at them as traitors because you're with them?
0: That's a good question. Of, you know? Yeah. So like, one of the things that we don't understand as Americans is that our presence marks people people right and so um there we go the
2: damn government jamming our signal again <laughs> ben one of the things that i wanted we're to gonna we're out gonna too.
0: create improvement go. by working with we, we uh we'll work within farming to try to create a benefit and the, the program will be hey um farmers who grow grapes we need you to grow them on trellises right well the taliban will go now now we don't do that around here, and if you do that, that means you're working with the Americans. That's going to cost you. Might cost you a finger. Might cost you a kid for a couple of months. So when you do that, we'll see. And when you work that pump that comes to the Americans, we're going to see that. And so the Afghans are like, yeah, we we appreciate the help, but no thanks, right? And so like, so um, I'll go see uh, Colonel uh, Schaefer, and he'll say, hey, Pete, help me understand why the um, why the Afghans in this village over here help me understand why they won't take our help. So I don't know. Right. So I've got to go out and I've got to try to figure out, uh, one, how much distance do I need from the Americans to find that out? Uh, how dangerous is it to operate in that area? And, and a lot of times I'm going out with the Americans because until I know, I just got to I just got to stay safe because it is hyper dangerous. And a lot right. of these places are so remote. There is no help coming. Even if you got a platoon, there is no help coming, you know, so you go out and you slowly put the pieces together. You slowly build the network and you find out that the farmers out there are like, you think it's dangerous for you, it's dangerous for us, you know? And so you, you put the pieces together and you realize that like talking to me is dangerous for them. So I'll say to them, Hey, I'd love to come. And so this goes against all the army protocols. I'll I'll say, Hey, uh, influential farmer 15, um, I'd love to come talk to you some more. Is there a safe way for us to have uh, chai and talk? And they'll say, yeah, uh, could you come back at 6 p.m.? And I'll say, sure. <laughs> so I extend to them high-risk trust. And I'll, I'll go to Rico, and I'll say, hey, man, we're going to go talk to this guy at 6 p.m. And he goes, whoa, there's war out there. We're not doing that. And I'll say, hey, listen, man, that's our job. And so we'll, we'll go walk, and we're not going far. We're going 150 yards away from the camp. And I'll tell the boss, I'm like, we're going 150 yards away from the camp. And he's like, you better take this radio. And so we'll walk 150 yards away from the camp. We'll go sit in that guy's house. We'll have a radio and we'll go have a talk. And then that'll be like our first venture out, but it's high risk. We're extending trust, but we're allowing that farmer to not be marked by us. And we're allowing him. And then he gets to go, those guys are all right. They trusted me. And that's like a tiny little win and a tiny way to build that network so that we can start to say, we're here to protect you. We're here not to harm you. And then we go back and we, we learn a little something that day. So it's that complicated and it's that slow and deliberate. Mm-hmm. And still, you never know if something's gonna happen. And that, could, and, like, and that could be the time. And the thing you always have to ask yourself in my game is who's working who? And I don't know. Oh yeah, but oh yeah. If, but if I don't get on the field, my favorite thing, and this doesn't make any sense to anybody who's not from our world, my favorite thing is when someone from the two shop, the intelligence shop, was running up breathless. Pete, 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 we've got message traffic. They know who you are. They want to kill you. And I'm like, yes, I exist. That means I'm on the field. I've got a number. They know I'm playing the game and I'm having an impact. That's like the best news ever, because until that point, I'm nothing. And so it means I've actually got a number in the game, you know, like I am now Ray Lewis. I exist. Right. And that's that's important in my world. It means I am now having an impact in the field. And I think that to the commander be like, hey, now they're responding. You know, now right. I've hit the ball and they've hit it back. We're playing right. the game. And the game has Not to be to, dangerous.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, no, to reinforce what Pete's saying, uh, we all knew. That once we were identified either by identity or by nicknames, you know, they didn't always get our names right because obviously I was there as Chris Stryker, the guy with a porn star name, which is a great alias, by the way. (laughs) I'm not joking. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. And there's a whole story behind that alias, but we don't have time for that tonight. But um, we operated outside the wire with a $10,000 bounty in our head, either if they could kill or capture us. So keep in mind that when you're out doing this stuff, you're trying to figure out. As Pete would say, we're we're trying to figure out who the good guys and bad guys are. You mm-hmm. know, this this makes Miami Vice an episode of Miami Vice look like uh, kids play, and uh, a lot of the folks weren't as, as street smart as, as as Pete, because often you got you get these these young kids, Pete. You know the young kids. You know i you know what I'm yeah. talking about. They want to go yeah. out there with you. They want to be a gung ho, and it's like putting the Boy Scouts next to Al Capone because. They are so naive. They want to be That's so right. helpful. And it's like, no, no, these people are, they respond to warlords. They have been doing this game uh, for thousands of years. So they're going to be nice yeah. to you. They're going to listen to you. You need a bill report, no doubt. But uh, they have their own agenda. And unless you can figure out what that agenda is, you're, they're going to play you for all it's worth. Right, Pete? I mean, is that, is oh, that an man, oh kind
0: it's, of it's so true. It's so true. I, I, I would, um, I, I had certain tells. And, and so let me just say this we are the biggest problem. And, and so, the thing that i had an advantage over everybody else colonels included was i just was in the field more than everybody else and so i heard all the mistakes over and over again i knew that every unit was ill-prepared for the field because they were focused on and rightfully so combat They're like we're going to use their, their chop hand we're going to push south we're going to encircle the taliban you know i knew all that stuff because i'd watched the ball make the same mistakes and so then i would hear them say the same things unit after unit because a lot of times the unit would rotate over me and i would still be there in the area Right. Or I would gain that unit. and It's still the same. Went, oh, you guys all just say the same things. You're making the same mistakes. And so my system I built by watching us make the same mistakes. So a lot of what I did was I tried to prune them. Mis- so I'm trying to do two things, really four things. There's two things I'm trying to do. Reduce the commander's mistakes or improve what they do to win and then flip that around. And I'm trying to increase the enemy's mistakes and and reduce the things they do to win, right? And a lot of times those things are are not always the same thing. So I'm trying to do those things. And so when I hear someone who's working for the commander say, I don't care what you want, my commander, who may not be the same person, my commander wants you to do this. And I'm like, that's a mistake. I can now take that back to Tony and go, hey, Tony, um, Rico's boss, who's not Tony, has rico out saying this bullshit in the battlefield and then tony will go over to rico's boss and be like if you want to be in my battle space you're going to knock that shit off now tony's tony's got to manage that relationship but now that guy's like what the hell are you talking about and then i'll back all that up with reports you're like you cannot say this you are not more important the most important person in that space has to be the afghan governor in this case we'll use that example because if mm-hmm. that afghan governor is not so this is the biggest lesson i learned in all of Afghanistan this Afghan governor who also was a Mujahideen guy. In this case, that's good. He also was a holy man. And so he could either pray, he could lead or be the governor, right? All at the same time, depending on which tool he wanted to go to. And he looks at me and goes, Pete, here's the thing you have to understand. There's only room for one sword in the scabbard. And I go, okay, got it. Message received. So I go to my boss, I go to Tony and I go, hey, Tony, he says there's only room for one sword in the scabbard. He wants me to ask you, who's the sword? And Tony goes, got it. It's him he's in charge. We're going to back out and we're going to, we're going to let, he's, we're going to follow his lead. Right. And that's so rare for an infantry commander to say, that guy's the sword, you know, but he, if we didn't do that, he wouldn't be the sword. He's like, no one's ever allowed me to lead. I know how to lead. And he explained his whole philosophy of leadership with religion, with military, with people. But after 10 years, no one had let him do it. No one had asked him for his plan. We know, we know Tony's plan. we He gives it out all the time, but we'd never asked this Afghan dude for his plan ever in 10 years. Think about that.
1: To back up what Pete's saying, the last (laughs) chapter of my book, The Path to Victory, uh, talked about what he's talking about. The idea needed to be we re-energize those who were essentially the Afghan militia forces. They live there. As Pete knows, like they've been there a thousand years. They know the deal. And no amount of, of US force is going to change the direction of the river of Afghanistan. The river of Afghanistan flows very steadily in a direction of the Afghans making. And the idea that you're going to bring in, and Pete, again, I, I saw so many knuckleheads, colonels on down. And I, yep. in my position, I could yell back at them because I just didn't care. It's like, I don't, you know, you can send me home. I don't care. And the issue was, you, you they never tapped into the very thing you're saying. It's like these people, really do want to have the best for their country. Let them figure out how to manage their own issues and back yeah. out because yeah. no amount of us preaching to them or giving them things is going to change the fact that, uh, Muhammad in that village hates Muhammad in that village. And they've got a grievance and you don't want to be in the middle of it because they will use you back and forth. One of the things in my book, I don't know if you read it, Pete, but there's an incident where, uh, there was a madrasa a madrasa is like a, a school. And incidental combat operations, uh, Task Force 121, which was McChrystal's task force, just saying, in 2003, rolled into town and they had intel that, uh, one of the bad guys, uh, Hekmatir, and his deputies, and, and Peter knows who I'm talking about, Hekmatir is one of the guys who let the back door open for bin Laden. They thought they had him in in the mountains. And so, um, and, oh, by the way, it's a CIA source that said this. So I, they come to me and, yeah, I know, it's like, they come to me and it's like, hey, uh, Hey, hey, Chris, can you get intel? And this is—is Pete just said this is the remote. These things are villages out in the middle of, of freaking nowhere. It takes hours yeah. to get there. So, anyway, this intelligence says tonight, Hekmatia and his deputy are meeting this in this madrasa. What do you think? It's like, it's gonna. And I go check with our guys, our safe house. It's like, it's gonna take us two days to get one of our tribes. You know, we did, we did what you did, Pete, at the tactical, at the strategic level. You know, you guys had your tacticals, yeah. we had our street. And so, our, one of our tribes, we said. And you do this like it'll take us three days to get there in a Toyota four x four. So I go back to McChrystal's J2 and I say, uh, don't do it. We can't we cannot verify independently that the bad guys are there. Don't do it. Wave off. So I go away and I do something. I go meet with a guy named uh, Lloyd Austin. You may know him, the secretary of defense. Uh, I had to go meet him. He's a brigadier general. I had to go brief him on something I was doing at a, because he was in a different command. So I'm over briefing Austin as a one star. and I, I go back to McChrystal's command. And all of a sudden, and, and Pete knows what I'm talking about. They have the big boards. They have all these big boards where they're tracking all these things. And they've got a a, a drone looking now at the madrasa with essentially the targeting hair on it. I walk in, I say, uh, what are you doing? It's like, oh, we're about to T-Lam to that. Bomb it. It's like, yeah. what? It's like, uh, what? yeah, it's like, uh, I just told you we can't verify. Oh, no, no, no. We're confident in this intelligence. Like, you haven't got a second source. I highly suggest you wave off. Oh, no, no. Uh, The commander of Central Command, uh, George Tenet went around uh, to the, the around the White House and went directly to the commander of Central Command and directed we do it. So this is the director of CIA now pushing for a CIA information unverified by us, DOD, to go do a strike, a lethal strike on a a school in the middle of the night. So sure enough, they hit it. And fortunately for for, for us, I was in charge of the FBI guys in the country. The FBI guys were tasked to go out and do what they call sensitive site exploitation, and so they're they're like the, the you know like CSI in combat, and, and that's their job. So I go to Darren, the FBI agent in charge. Before I, before he deploys, we put him on we put him on on Blackhawks and send him out the next morning. I said, Darren, the moment you get on the ground, you call me on this this Theria phone and you tell me what you see. I want a a direct. I want you to tell me what you see when you walk into that that bomb school. Y'all want to guess what he saw when he walked into the school? And he of rubble, dead women and children yeah i didn't want to go there <laughs> because because uh, there was a tribal rivalry that went back generations and one of the one of the tribes figured that they 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 knew the cia source and they lied to him and said oh yeah hekmatia is in there tonight and that information was sent right to kabul to the chief of station on to central command around through our system unvetted unvetted unvalidated and we killed women and children
4: One of the things, one of the things that people that people don't understand, and I'll say it from my perspective, because I went to war from 08 to 09 and I was just an E3. And one of the hardest things when you're dealing with the Mahalas and you're dealing with the elders, especially when you're doing like hearts and minds type of operations. Right. To try to build up rapport and try to build up trust. And for the people listening that don't understand, basically what that means is. Once you have an occupational force that stays long enough, you start to have every campaign has had it from World War II onward. You have what's called hearts and minds, where basically it's detailing like what we're talking about, where we're going in and we're teaching them, which is what's called in the military, PTT, police transitioning teams. It's basically where you come in and you teach the Iraqi police, the IPs or the IAs, the Iraqi army, in my case, on how for them to become self-sufficient, How to like deal with the people. And it's a really difficult job because especially at the lower level, right? Like gentlemen here are talking about the higher level. Well, shit, you know. So at a lower level, whenever you're talking about these things are really relevant because we avoided a lot of fights with people because we just weren't going to entertain certain bullshit because we understood the differences I understand that if I'm in Amaria, which is a, a village, the elder in Amaria probably doesn't like the elder in Kadra. So I'm not going to fuck around and play play games when this person gives me a piece of information, right? And a lot of times it's important to understand what, what Colonel, Schaefer, uh, Colonel Schaefer, which I've read your book. I read your book in 2016. Um, One of the things that... Uh, that's important about to learn about that incident is that you always want to verify, rectify, and re-verify. And the reason for that is because you never know where the information that you're having is coming from. A clear example, I've told this story to Ben, is we were at a Mahala in Amaria right on Thunder Road that a kid gave us information that there was a guy from Jam in a house. He sure as fuck, after we put surveillance on the house, There's a red handprint on the fucking inside of the the metal fence that they have. So, you know, some people will say, well, you should hit the house immediately. Right. And when I say hit the house, what I'm referring to is you go in and clear the house, pull the bad guy out and you go talk to him somewhere else. You know, like if if it wasn't for the information that people like Pete and Colonel Schaefer have, then, you know, dumb infantry guys are going to be all gun and going at five o'clock. Well, guess what those people in their culture do at five o'clock? They're fucking praying. What do you think they have easily accessible when they're praying? They're fucking guns. So it's not a moment that you want to hit a house, right? So it's just little things like that, like at the at the lower level that people don't get that you have to also understand, because it's really important to understand where the fuck you're at. You know, I think that's something that Pete had discussed very well is like you have to have. Mm. Cult- Awareness of where you're at, you know, like yeah. my, I'll use myself as an example. When I move from Puerto Rico to here, you know, the cultural differences are vast. So, you know, it's like playing catch up, you know, and like that's really difficult sometimes. So it's always important to know where the fuck you're at and what's around you, because at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to also like once an occupational force is done with their thing, we're trying to basically build that up again. And it's extremely
2: difficult. And some people, you're just not going to be able to get through to them. Wow. I'm kind of blown away right now because I'm getting three different viewpoints and three different aspects.
0: Of, Wait, I, I, I can complicate it further. You want to get blown away more? <laughs> oh,
2: oh, we can
4: complicate this way further. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Pete. By all
0: means, complicate complicated way. You take you take Tony's example, right? And and uh look, he and I both know this goes bad because we both have been in there where a colonel or somebody is considering a target package, and that colonel wisely says, nah, I don't got that third factor. I've been burned on this before, right? Because because we know tactically that we have exacted, and I'm gonna say vendetta, right? Plural. Like we've exacted, not just a vendetta, like we've gone out and whacked people. I have, I have been part of that. Where like, yeah, uh, this guy says that this guy, this guy with the sandals and the mustache is a bad guy. And we're like, oh, we've killed all kinds of bad people. So we've learned this lesson. So we know better. When George Tenet makes that call, we know better at this point. Boyd Austin is already a one star at this point. We know better. And, and uh, we allowed this to happen. And there are so many stories like that. So here's the next thing you do is, um, is so we focus on effect. And really, the answer is affect. We focus on hearts and minds. Oh yeah, it's not important for us to get hearts and minds. Can we get the Afghan government to have hearts and minds? We don't. It's not important if we if they trust us, can they trust their government? Will they call their own police force? We're, we're desperate to teach oh, their dude, police we're force. Oh, man, oh, man, you,
1: oh, we're going down a rabbit hole. Oh man, I'm telling you, we're going down a rabbit hole because we'll I know we could be here all night talking about this stuff. We will well, teach I mean, their police
0: force the how to do IVs, right? Our own police force, our own CHP here in California can't give IVs out, right? We'll teach their police force stuff that our CHP in California can't do. But we won't ever tell the Iraqis about it. And so I'm like, you realize that your your police here can do hand-to-hand combat? They're like, what? No. And I'll tell you you a really fast, great story. So I'm in Afghanistan, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the local police trainers are awesome. These are great dudes. One of the guys, by the way, Rico, Puerto Rican. And so um, they're like, we just finished doing this great block on um, fingerprints. And we're going to teach these guys. We're going to start collecting evidence for the crime lab. The crime lab, by the way, is code for bullshit. There's no crime lab. Yes, there is one. But there's never any evidence that goes through it. There's never any prosecutions. No one ever cares about the crime lab. It's all bullshit. But it exists, the priest law. So um, I'm like, this is great. Bring all the farmers, the governor, and we're going to do a demonstration. So we do the demonstration. I'm sitting there. I'm one of the guys. And and the Puerto Rican guy comes in. He's like, all right. Someone touched the cup. So I touched the teacup, okay? And so then um, the, uh, the other chief, uh, the other police trainer comes in and he's like, dusty. he's like, all right, it's Pete that touched the cup. And all the farmers are like, oh my God, the Americans have conquered all of science. They've used fingerprint technology. And if, if our cops knew how to do that, man, they'd know every Taliban guy in this valley because they all drink our tea. And the chief of police, who's the Afghan dude who's sitting right next to me, is like, that is amazing wow, I wish we knew how to do show that. you what a
4: add and hide system does.
0: Well, hang on. And so the, the chief of police, who's Afghan, he's like, I wish we knew how to do that. And then the police trainers who had taught them 24 hours earlier, he's like, you do know how to do that. We just taught you how to do it. He's like, no, we don't. <laughs> so so there's a total disconnect between the training and the training effect. And then forget about sending it to the crime lab because there's nothing happens. And the, and by the way, a couple miles away, about 40 miles away, the judge no one even brings a case to that guy. So we believe there's rule of law. We believe there's a crime lab. None of these things are real. So we'll talk about all this training, we spend all this money. It's all bullshit. None of it is real because none of it works, and no one gives a damn. Ben, no one gives a damn if it works.
1: So to, that, to Pete's point, I've actually taught classes at the the U.S. Army War College on what he's talking about. I go in there, and I, I there's two things that the army uses kind of for measuring success or failure one is called measures of performance m-o-p versus what i study myself and i and you know i've been in command i've directed things you know i've done all that stuff my standard is measures of effectiveness how effective are you in achieving things because i think ricardo and peter will both have both seen this we send people in all these these people up and down the ranks they go do their stuff and they basically perform to a standard. That standard has no relevance to, are you actually helping the Afghan people settle their differences and become peaceful? Are you actually in Iraq helping do all those things you need to? But we've had literally generations of officers come in, get the nice medals, get promoted, and have n- have done nothing. We've reinforced failure because we create these artificial standards that have no relationship to what they're trying to achieve on the ground. And I've lectured on this at the war college, at the general officer levels, like you knuckleheads you you do all these things, you have these nice checklists, and these you, you basically measure yourself by the checklists that you've created artificially, and you've achieved nothing. This is why we fought the Afghan war one year at a time for 20 years. Yeah.
4: No lessons but were sir, ever learned. But my question is, my question is, how fast is their runtime?
0: <laughs> I want to add this complicating factor into this, because there is the affect with an A part that goes into this, right? And so if you go to where that um, that bombing of the women and children were, and you go a month later, this is where I made a lot of my money. And I'm like, hey, what happened over there? Then you find out the story, the emotional impact of it. And they're like, oh, the Jews killed a bunch of women and children here. And you're like, wait, what? And you get a whole different story or whatever, whatever the story is, even if it was empty and you find out that, that 50 women and children were killed or whatever it is, you don't know until you go there. And so we would brief oh um we went and we did a, a inoculation operation and we inoculated all these goats so i'd go back a week later and I'd be like what happened here a week ago and they're like nothing I'm like has the government done anything around here no i heard there were some goats here and i'm like lead them into this thing and they're like oh, yeah the americans came here yeah they they inoculated the goats did anybody from the afghan government come no and I would just walk him in. I could not, like, I would, I would list all the questions I'd ask, like 20 questions, like, all right, you got me. I'll admit it. Yes, there was an Afghan guy here, but clearly you guys brought it. And so you'd have this affect, right? There was zero trust in the government, right? We couldn't get the government to show up. And so that affect, that emotional response to stimuli, we were losing that fight. Because I promise if the Taliban showed up, there would be an emotional response to their presence that we couldn't replicate with the Afghan government. So there's the effect part that we'll report. We're good at going, "Hey, um, uh, we, we you know uh, we dropped the bomb and we killed eight bad guys. We're winning." But then there's the affect part where they're like, "Yeah, the Americans uh, assassinated a bunch of kids, and so they hate right. the Americans even exactly. more." Now, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's well. a it's a tragic story that I you know clearly Ricardo and and Pete and I have seen this. Firsthand and I, we were, I think I can't speak for both of you, but I think I can on this. We were appalled at the lack of ability of our leadership to figure things out and learn from their <laughs> mistakes.
0: Right? Yeah, and the I dishonesty. Right? The dishonesty. And the too. dishonesty. Yeah. 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 I had a
4: pretty I had a pretty good experience because by the time that I had gone in, and this is just, you know, me, myself, and I, in our squad and our in our squad alone that we ran out. We had about 12 years of combat experience because we had a guy that Sarn O'Neill. he came from the 82nd and he deployed each year for six years in a row. You had a man named Billy Joe Charles. It was his third or second deployment. You had a Sergeant Montgomery. He was new. And then you had two more guys that they both had three deployments each. So, you know, you'd. T-
2: there's the government and the you,
4: signal again you total you total that to however much so you know when you have a group of people like that they're really good at like seeing through the nonsense like we don't run a mission for more than 12 hours if we run a 24-hour mission we stop at a at a station and for the people listening what, what you're listening to basically because a lot of a lot of it might seem like jammer because my wife is watching it and she's texting me like what does this mean so like that's why i keep interjecting yeah. like that because if she's asking then there's probably other people. What you're listening to is you're listening to three different uh, versions of history. You have someone who was an enlisted person that went from 08 to 09 to conduct PTT operations. You have someone who worked in the intelligence and then another person who not only worked with uh, closely related to what's called a unit within the Department of Intelligence, right? And then was also a retired lieutenant colonel. So when you have all three different aspects and we all see the same problem at every single level, that should tell you, like, how fucked up things really are. You're when here, three well. people who don't fucking know each other, you know, and that have three different levels of different experience right. have the same bitching gripes. Like, that yeah. should give you an idea of, like, when people see this go, well, you know, that's weird. Because, you know, I was and you saw my reaction when I saw Mr. Schaefer come in, when I saw Pete and then Pete recognized me. Yeah, and I recognized Mr. Schaefer like this isn't scripted. So it's like that's pretty sad when all three comparisons are at the same. bitch yeah. And gripes.
2: Yeah. I mean, and it, it was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted Tony to come in tonight. Um, And I'm glad that you joined us as well, because I wanted to see the different aspects from different point of views. And le- and try to learn and, and teach others out there like what what's really going on out here
0: yeah
2: you know these these gentlemen are out there they're putting their lives on the line literally every day and not just these gentlemen we have you know service members overseas all over the world right now doing similar things that you guys have all done or continue to do and i mean We'll have them on the show at some point, I'm sure, because I want to hear that right. Because I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be about the same. Well, ben, I, um, don't, I
1: don't think I don't think this is I don't mean to correct you, but we're not really griping. I think we've all learned from the experience. I think, right. think we're trying to help p- people understand kind More of our word, experience. Yeah. 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 I mean, and we hope people will learn from it, really. I mean, right, right. Uh,
0: because I yeah, think and you know and like also, like, I just, I've made yeah. all these mistakes myself too, by the yeah. way. Like I learned by eliminating a lot of my mistakes and helping commanders reduce their mistakes. Right. That's right. that's my job is to get yeah. um I got good enough that I could take a brigade, a combat brigade, and turn it it's orientation around. That's what made me valuable. But I didn't I took me years, a decade to learn how to do that, you know, and to get them to go, hey, this guy's doing the right thing. We're gonna follow his lead. I'm not a commander. My job is to make the commander do that and they'll figure it out, but I help them figure it out in weeks yeah. rather than months. It still doesn't make them effective, it still doesn't make them win their tour, but at right. least they're do that. So now if I can do that at the policy level outside of the military exactly. and get us to change our, our training. Look, I don't think Lloyd Austin's a bad guy. He just lost, right? All the people who have stars on their shoulders, I'll be the only guy that says this in this show. No one else has to say this. They're all O and their career. All of them. Look, none of those, I, none of those I, people I figured say it out.
1: I know the man. Look, I, I, I deal with his spokesman on a daily basis. Trust me. This is, this is I'm saying anybody <laughs> who's
0: above O six 6 is O for their career. Any yeah. of them. You know? Oh, Ben,
4: you're going to get an email. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm not going to get an email.
4: I ran the disclaimer.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm just God. being honest. Look, and, I lost. I didn't win a war, you know, and I, I tried my ass off. And I'm you, really good hey, at it. Hey, by that.
1: the way, speaking of, uh, Lord, did you hear about Lloyd Austin's new nickname after he got out of surgery? And uh, Walter Reed? Yeah. I'm not going to um, say it in there. Yeah. Z- Zippity doodads. Just, just saying. Yeah.
0: If there's, uh, you know, yeah, that's a hard job. And and uh, I wish he would have um, said something different than give that E four of an excuse, you know, like I've got to do better, whatever it was. My
4: experience is in as a chef making coffee. I bring really good coffee skills. I work with the Boyardi <laughs> Battalion uh, under Colonel Sanders. Our motto was eleven yeah. herbs and spices makes everybody happy. So that's yeah. my experience
2: that I bring to the table. I do yeah. want to ask Pete about something specific. Um, you started yeah. a non- you started a nonprofit.
0: That's right. Yeah. 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 Cause look, I, I, I can't, you know, like Tony was saying, we're not just complaining, right? No, like I've no, got no. to and try to. That
2: was to, a choice of word. I think I, now that I think about yeah, it. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I am trying to close that gap vertically. Right. So there has to be principled behavior up Absolutely. on the top of like the stack. Right. So at the theory level, the policy level, the legislative level, you know, th- these folks, the diplomats, they can't know what Tony knows, what Pete knows, what Rico knows. And and because they don't have access to us. So I'm trying to close that loop a little bit so I can say, hey, um, like for example, and I'm really hard on this, but I'm also peer reviewed published on this. When we think it's appropriate to go to another country and engage their females, it's not. Don't do it. And I've got the anthropologist to say it's never appropriate for you to go. None of you will ever have the license to do it. I don't mean dudes. I mean, military people in general, unless you are a anthropologist who dedicates their entire career to going to that area, do not go and think that you've invented the period and how to deal with menstrual cycles or any of that bullshit, oh. don't do it. It's inappropriate, always will be, right? And so we need to close that loop so that we don't prioritize things that are just not our business, you know, like, don't go do that stuff. It's not that I don't think that women are important. It's not that I don't think that, that, you know, societies function better when women are doing things. It's, it's horrible when we go, Hey, you can be in college and then about face and march away and leave those women to the Taliban. Like that, that is yeah. uh, oh, a yeah. grotesque, horrible thing. Right. And so hey, that's hey, what can, the, I,
1: can I tell a story to illustrate what you're saying? Please. Yeah, clear. yeah, yeah, please. So, so let me what Pete's saying actually happens across the board as a policy issue. Now, for example, uh, civil affairs folks, as Pete talked about, people want to go in and help people, and no doubt, good intentions, but they're often not well thought based on the culture. So, for example, the US Army engineers went and built a uh, into this remote village, built a well in the middle of the village. So, this remove the requirement for the women of the village to walk half a kilometer to the, to the water, to the, to the, to the the, uh, river and get water and come back. So they thought, Oh, this is great. We're helping the women of this village. Yeah. So the Corps of Engineers builds it, civil affairs guys. Oh yes. Great. Great. Do a ceremony, turn it over. And they leave. They come back six late, six months later. And guess, guess, guess what happened to that? Well, any guesses (laughs) (laughs) it's filled in. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? We spent all this time and resources. What's going on with this? So sure enough, they dig it all back out. Oh, we don't know what happened. We're going to build it back again. So they build back this, this well for the women to go get water at the center of the village. So they don't have to work to the walk to the water. So they go away, come back six months later, it's all filled in again. So one of the civil, one of the translators, someone like Pete goes, takes one of the translators, goes over and talks to the woman. It's like, what's going on? It's like, we don't want your well. It's like, well, why? It makes your life easier. It's like, no, you don't understand. The only time we women have to talk and be yeah. together is when we're walking down to the river to get water. This is our right. time. This is our women time. Mm. You've you've tried to eliminate our ability as women to have our own little culture. Yeah. And so, f- so it was like that insane. It's like, no, don't, you know, I know you yeah. want to do nice things, but that literally disrupted the social infrastructure of that village. With no, and by the way, we're not going to be there to help and change it permanently. We just did a little dabbling. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, here you go. And it's like, no, you, you to, to Pete's point, it's like we're interfering in things that we yeah. don't understand.
0: And so so when these uh senior people and they all want to do right good things, like they're educated, everybody is trying to do the right thing. But one of the, the axioms I've developed is, is you cannot presume to improve the condition of someone something that you refuse to understand the condition of. Like you just you don't, you don't have the license to do it. And you can't just go point and go LT, Lieutenant. I need you to go be a fill in the blank today. Oh, and by the way, economy of force, don't stick your neck out. And and what I'm saying here is don't ask a 22 year old dude who was an infantryman to go out and do a job he's not in any way prepared for. And then say, also, don't get yourself killed doing it when there's absolutely no help coming. If you get more than a mile and a half away from your camp. Like that's I'm translating all that. And I know Tony can yeah. talk about that. I know Rico can, but that is a real thing. So we ask these guys to go out and do things, but they're just not licensed to do. And I'm all for, like, look, military can go places where nobody else can go. It doesn't mean that it's ethical to ask them to do things like, hey, if you see boys being raped by men, you need to get involved. No, they don't. That oh, is my not God, yeah.
1: I could tell you stories about that, Pete. We had all right. sorts of problems with yeah, leadership. Yeah, there's a concept like, of yeah. a – No, not yeah. – don't get in the middle of that. It's like.
0: Yeah, there's a concept of ethical saturation where you think you're making the ethical decision every single time, but, but you reach a capacity where you no longer can, can see through the ethical thing. that you Because there's like a time it takes to do yeah. the ethical thing and you can't do it. So that, that's, the Ground Truth Center is designed to help, um, you know, have principled behavior and take on less, spend less money. Don't just spend money. The less money you spend, the better. The more reliable and accurate your foreign policy is, the better. And so don't just make these grand gestures. Like, uh, look, I'm going to hit the sergeant majors now. Quit saying we're going to build an NCO academy. Oh Stop. My fucking God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess look, I've been on the other side trying to say, like, Sergeant Major, are you serious? Are you really serious? Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. believe the fight for I the people listening. For the like people this.
4: listening, what that basically means is another school for sergeants to go drink fuck and learn exactly it's a boys in in an environment
0: where everything is top down and ncos aren't the same right but everybody has their baby so whether it's uh women saying it's women issues farmers saying it's farmer issues whatever it is like we have proven that we are not reliably able to repeat our success and so we have diplomats who can't hear from someone like tony who's like hey um Let's not approach it that way. Let's slow down. And you know, like we built schools and over and over again, I would get this RFI, every unit I got to, hey Pete, how many schools are in this valley? And I would say, Well, why don't you ask Lieutenant so and so? His partner is the governor. And they're like, But but you're supposed to know. You're the Intel guy. And I'm like, that's published in the SharePoint server. I'm not gonna ask anybody. Ask the governor by the way the question you should be asking is who's employed as a teacher what lesson plan are they on why do they develop that lesson plan you should be way down the road on these questions you want to know what schools are there how about this why aren't all the schools for girls called the in this case mullah omar school for girls or the jay shalmati school for girls because if you called it that guess who's not going to blow it up jay shalmati they're going to leave it alone jay shalmati is a uh, a more radical political slash uh, combat group, right? If you want to train girls, have a good edu- name it after the thing, and then they'll be like, oh, damn it. Or the Mohammed School for Girls. Like, you have to outthink these things, but we don't. Exactly. Yeah. Instead, we're counting schools 12 years into the program, and I'm like, you guys are clowns. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why you're zero in your career.
1: But they have a star, they're they're <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's, my That's my point. That's my point, Ricardo. They, they Rico. They got they got promoted. This is and coming from gone. the E five. That's okay. It's hey, look, just, you I, know this is coming from I a rebellious know? lieutenant colonel. It just didn't care. It's yeah. like I don't care. Yeah. You know,
2: my one year old granddaughter got a gold star in daycare. Does that count? she <laughs> help
1: make decisions? Let uh, me tell you, he with her star is more competent than ninety percent of the general officers I know. Just saying. <laughs> No doubt, oh my no, God. no, no. Look, you go, to, oh you God, go, to, I, you go to, I don't know if you guys have been it. down to, if you've been down to uh, Quantico, right at the at the Marine Corps PX, right next to the to the the handicap parking is the general officer parking. That's appropriate. Handicap general officer. It's all kind of the yeah.
0: <laughs> same. <laughs> no, I
1: took a picture, and posted this once on Instagram. It's like, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and look, yeah.
0: we. I'm rough on the general officers, but I promise they can take it, and they all get to go get choice jobs where it's like, hey, 06 and above only for this job, and it's like, all right, well, then you guys can take the hammer because guess who was responsible for moving these units in the right direction, you know, and they and they didn't, you know, yeah. they didn't. And, and by the way, as the intel guy here in this little uh, box, um, Mullah Omar, who was like this, you know, hyper target, lived about a mile from where we all lived when I was there. And here I am, like some super. I never had any idea. I had all these connections. No one ever said, "Hey, Pete, Mullah Omar lives right around the corner." So I didn't. I didn't exactly win either. But I also wasn't in charge of tradoc, nor was I in charge of you know pre deployment training. Oh.
1: Yeah, it didn't matter. I mean, I knew a lot of those knuckleheads who who were in charge and they just didn't want to listen. I mean, yeah. all the you know, it's not like we didn't try to tell them, dude, you're doing yeah. it wrong. And, you know, yeah. as, as you know, it's like and Rico read my book. And and so, you know, I was it was my my it was like it was like Captain Willard in Apocalypse Now. Everything was crazy. I mean, literally, I'm yeah. working at that level, talking to the equivalent of 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 of. of uh, these generals you seen apocalypse now it was literally that that insane i mean it, yeah. to me i've said people it's like do you want to know what my experience was in war go watch apocalypse now watch the river the, the journey up the river it's just a different application of the same insanity in a different war so you know
0: yeah it's it was a uh, we wasted a lot of money on things that that didn't matter and and you would you would just see the insanity like if if you were from corporate america and i i briefed you on how the military ran you'd be like what Wait, what, what, what? Like you would look at people like, like we were crazy because none of it made any sense. You know, we just. Let me tell you
1: a little side story to help illustrate what Pete's saying. So we sent Tony Zinni, General Zinni. You all probably know who he is, Commander of Central Command. I I do a lot of sneaky stuff. You guys know. Anyway, so one of the sneaky things I did, I had to recruit Tony Zinni to go do kind of a a secret assessment for members of Congress. So we we sent Zinni in, Marine Corps General, good guy. Uh, We're still friends. He's a Democrat, by the way. He's not even a Republican sent him in and he did this this under the radar r- review kind of went out to all the fire bases. he went to this one firebase literally in the mountains. you could only get there via helicopter or Toyota 4x4 surfs and it would take you, you know, three days to get there if you drove. So he's up in this firebase and there's up and you guys have seen them these big old uh, shipping containers, conexes, the big old things and this was a, like a 50 foot conex. And sitting there in the mountain, they they, they brought this thing by and, and by and there's no roads up here. They dropped this thing off. So Zinni's up there with these Marine, you know, one of these Marine Corps bases. And Zinni says, hey, guys, what's in that? And everybody looks around and like, we don't know. It's like, you don't know what's in that connex? No, it was here before we got here. And nobody's opened it. We didn't know if we were authorized to open or not. He says, well, knock it, knock it open. He says, are you sure? It's like, just open it. So, in at this 7,000 foot fire base in the mountains with no roads, they open it up. Anybody want to guess what was in it? I can't, can't wait. Rude. A bluebird school bus. <laughs> I love swear it. to God. They, I, I, no, I, I am not joking. They I mean, had taken, somebody had taken logistics and, 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 uh, cost. Think about this. Someone had bought a blue Bo- Bluebird school bus in Virginia where they build them, put God. it in a context, shipped it over, probably th- came through uh, through uh, Pakistan on the back of a truck, got to Bagram or to one of the other uh, airstrips, and then they they slung load this thing in to this fire base in the middle of the mountain, 7,000 feet.
4: If that would have no been roads. a fucking bomb, we would have been
1: fucked. So I'm just so I'm telling you, that's this illustrates what Pete is saying. This was the level yeah. of insanity.
0: Yeah. We uh, so in Afghanistan, and, and I know Tony knows this, but and, and I'm a smart ass, right? So I love to go into these military meetings and oftentimes I end up getting, hey Pete, you're a smart guy. Come sit in this meeting. And I'm look, I have a brain, but I have experience more than I'm smart. Like I'm a tactical guy. So I roll these hand grenade questions into meetings, right? It's like, hey, come into this meeting and tell us what you think. And so, um, there's a thing called the RIA and basically it's an assessment of, of how the Afghan government is doing, you know, how we're doing and building it. And so I love to go into these cause I have some simple questions already teed up. And so I sit down, I'm looking around and I'm like, all right, cool. And, and, uh, these meetings are classified, nothing classified happening, but they always classify these meetings. because classified oh, Yeah. And so, uh, they're like, all right, we're going to start. Ooh, Pete already has a question. Uh, you, uh, Yeah. Well, know, oh, I, I'm Pete. Um, Hey, uh. Before we start, this is the Rio meeting, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, where are the Afghans? Like, oh oh Pete, this is this meeting is classified. Uh yes, Pete, go ahead. Why is it classified? <laughs> like, where well, we oh, are us- you? Yeah, yeah Basic yeah. questions, yeah. And I'm like, couldn't we uh I don't know, declassify it? And then you know, so and I I know all the answers to all these questions, but I'm doing this because I'm trying to illustrate for the room. It's stupid. Right. And so then we're going to go through and we're going to justify to ourselves our lies. And then so and I'm going to take a long story. I'm going to shrink it down. So at one point, there's a colonel who ultimately I I connect to several different directions. I didn't know at the time, but but he gets my message. Right. And so later on, he's like that guy up there. Make sure he's always in the briefings with us because he, you know, he knows that I'm not going to bullshit. Anyhow, uh, the so there's a guy called the D.C.O. The D.C.O. is kind of the Tony in the room. He's like, I'm never gonna make 06. So I don't give a fuck. This is my last big party. I get to be honest. And so the DCO is sitting there and they're like, Hey, there's no hospital in sector seven. And um, we're gonna give that area a go on a hospital. And the colonel's like, Oh, wait a second. There's no hospital. How do we give it a go on a hospital? And then the DCO leans over and goes, sir, we've just lowered the bar in their area. And then the colonel goes, Roger, Roger." So so what we've said, this is the code for this. What we've said is we've failed on the hospital area, but we went ahead and justified that and said, Meh, doesn't matter. We just don't want to look bad. And so we're just going to say, A-okay <laughs> and move on and advance the ball to the 50-yard line because we don't want to lose. And that's exactly. what happens. Yeah. Yep. And this is across the board, how we oh, won yeah. in Afghanistan.
1: Yep. Wow. We had, I said, you know, and, and, and Rico can, can confirm this from reading my book. We won the war. We were done. We should. We we were ready to go. My dark heart was to go into Pakistan and eliminate the last of the Al Qaeda leadership. Dark heart was focused on Doctor Al Al Zawahiri. We knew where he was. He was in Wana, and so the concept of dark heart was just go in, get the leaders, and let's let's get out of here. Let's be done with it. We don't need what you know. We we are a badass tribe. And they respect us. Let's go do our job, and then let them you know let them figure it out. Yeah, but no. Instead, we had to do counterinsurgency. We had to start coaching them on all these other governments and social things, and let's build wells and let's coach women. All these things that were not our
0: job. And can yeah, I can, can I ask a question? <laughs> 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 so here's the thing. Like, like so and look, at everybody again, everybody's doing their best. I'm not mocking anybody. I've made all these. No, I, I, gonna, I get, right, David Kilcullen. We we all read his book and all that stuff and his counterinsurgency. Here's the thing, right? Who were the insurgents? Fuck! It was us. We came in on top of the legitimate government, and then we said we're going to fight a counterinsurgency. Like we were the insurgency. I know. You and need so to repeat it's...
1: if you Rico saw this. So I'm in with Dave Barno, and Barno's telling me, "Oh, we we've got to we've got to switch shift to counterinsurgency." It's like what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I literally wanted this. Slug... Like I mean, I have. It's not that I haven't killed people. I have, but I it's the first time I wanted to actually slam a general officer. And it's like he's sitting there with such arrogance. It's like, oh, you know, da, da, da. it's like, what? You are literally nuts. And it's like I'm sitting in this room. It's like this is this is yeah. going to really go off the rails, and it did.
0: Yeah. Like if I had my my wish, I would take like a look. And I have re- res- look. I ultimately do respect general officers. I know how hard it is to get to where they're at, but they can't do what I can do. And so I I wish I could take like a McChrystal and be like, get your backpack, and I'll let you know when I get tired. You better be next to me you know, Mr. Hardass. Let's go and shut your fucking mouth. Don't say a fucking word unless I tell you, right? And then I would open his eyes, and he would see how hard this stuff was and how badly it was going, you know? And look, and I think he would get it. Same thing for all the Same thing for Lloyd Austin. Same thing for all those guys, but they never had access to that truth. That's why the Ground Truth Center is going to exist, so well, you can he, take a I, diplomat. Yeah. I, I,
1: you You need to do what you're doing, but they had access. They had access. And and they didn't want to listen because I was in a room with McChrystal and with, with, with Austin, both multiple times. And I was in there trying to get McChrystal to to focus on the things that were necessary. As a matter of fact, Rico read my book. I'm in there. They had uh, our guys, strategic guys out doing what you were doing. Yeah. You know, we had highly trained case officers basically passing out candy to kids in front of the Rangers. And I had to go into McChrystal and say, this is not our best use. We need to be helping the SEALs do targeting packages to go after the eight. You know, we're uh, leadership targeting. That's our job. Our, yeah. our guys handing out candy to kids is that's not that's not our job. And that's, that's what they what the MPs are for. So so pe- presence patrols. No, no. I, I was a big fan of the MPs doing presence patrols, Rico, by the way. I was I was fully supportive of that. Great engagement. You, you called them presence patrols. I called them. Um.
4: Just being a target and waiting for something to happen, sir. Well,
1: we had, we had pretty good, we had pretty, but anyway, I'm saying that our guys, that wasn't our, but my point being is that we would sit down and talk to McChrystal. I, look, I would say it to McChrystal if he was here. I said it to Dave Barno. Barno wouldn't listen. These yeah, guys yeah. had it. And I said this to Zinni. I said too often general officers believe their rank equates wisdom.
0: Yeah. And You're right happens. about that. I saw General Wolf one time and he's like, Pete, the things you do, um, I can't do. And I wish I had someone who could just continue to speak ground truth with me wherever I went, like almost like his own, like uh, I hate to say drone, but like his his little like ground truth drone that he could deploy out and just stop, talk directly to him. Right now, that's kind of what got me thinking about that concept, because the ground truth is it's it's like um the Patel, the Ptolemaic model of like Earth being the center of the, of the galaxy. Right. And then. And then all of a sudden you have Copernicus and you're like, oh, this is all changed. And you're like, well, we're going to cut your head off because that's not the reality thing. And then you we on to like James Webb, where like the entire universe is different than we thought. Yeah. And the, the closer you get to the ground truth, the better decisions these guys can make. But they have to get over their ego. and Because yeah. that's, that's the first problem. And that's the first thing I had to learn. It's like, it's not about me. It's not about my commander. It's not about my mission. It's not about the questions I want to ask. It's certainly not about the questions the E3 thought of in the conference room back in Germany pre-deployment. Fuck all that. What it's about is what these dudes here in this valley are thinking about and how do we either, if we can, move them towards the goal or just use their path to get to our goal. I, I, and,
1: I agree with everything you're saying, but I, yeah. I have sat I have sat in the chairman of the Joint Chief's office and been yelled at for an hour, for an hour, on an issue that yeah. turned out I was right about. Just yeah.
0: You haven't, you haven't been, a, you're not a badass maverick unless you've been kicked off, kicked out of theater, been yelled at for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the DCO uh, is yelling at my boss, right? And he's like, I want to turn around a the theater tomorrow. My boss had had a big enough ass to take that ass chewing and said, I'll send him home tomorrow. You show me in his report where he was wrong. The DCO looked at him cooking and went, motherfucker. And I walked away, right? So only only by being honest and being right was I saved. But plenty of there times, yeah. my boss didn't have the ass big enough to take the chewing. And I got I got sent home. I got sent. I got this candy ass air force major hated me and so as soon as i was on his fob he would spin up his his uh his detail and put them in harm's way to send me off his camp what, what a coward that guy was ignorance Total you know? yeah Cowardice, yeah, yeah. So, and i never attacked that guy at yeah. all he just didn't like me we you
2: know? are uh we are over time and oh my goodness. goodness really we did yeah, it which is fine i mean i mean i i've I'm, I'm, By the way, ben,
1: ben, Sheree and I have been texting. She said to say hello, so
2: tell her I said hello. I was going to comment on the amazing me. shirt you were wearing.
1: Yes, yes.
2: So the Sheree Sheree said, Curry, I, sir, I told her hello. I was
1: on with you, and she said to say hello. So
2: awesome, awesome. Tell her I said hello. We'll miss her, you know. Um, But no, I mean, like I said, I've I've just really sat here in in a kind of awe tonight, listening to the three of you, you know, and I, and I know our viewers are watching and. The podcast later on, people are going to listen to this. um I think that Rico needs to have a show with the two of you because there <laughs> is well, no. I'm and I'd, I'd definitely jump in on that. But there's just so much more that that can be talked about. I mean, we could sit here for three or four hours, but I know poor Leo yeah. has another show uh, in like <laughs> in like thirty four minutes. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. Uh, no worries. No worries. You know, uh, and, and you guys actually, the be- this has been one of our best shows because Leo has been quiet the whole time.
3: Oh, I, I'm, I, I'm just loving the stories.
2: Absolutely amazing. Um. So with that being said, any last thoughts, uh, we'll start with you Rico last thoughts, last comment, last question for our guest. <laughs> who actually just became part of the crew. <laughs> uh,
4: no, uh, honestly, it's been a very good conversation. I'd like to get offline with uh Colonel Schaefer and Pete. Obviously I'd like to have you on. Uh, you've had me on your show talking about my human trafficking stuff. I think these are good conversations because it really opens up um, how people see like the things that happens at different echelons and different levels of leadership. So right. I just wanted to thank y'all for having me.
2: Oh, I want to, you know, I want to thank you for, for jumping in. Um surprising me, but jumping in. Um I think it really went <laughs> well. It went well. Uh Tony, any last comments, questions? Well,
1: well, thanks for being patient. And Rico, I really look forward to talking to you more. I I work for with a group already on human trafficking, voices against trafficking.
4: Yeah, you know, I um, actually uh I'll talk to you offline in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I like to I'd like to
1: follow up with you on that. And, uh, and cause we, you know, I'm a member of law enforcement in Virginia and I do still work this uh, as a, as an advisor to law enforcement. So, yeah. but, uh, and so I look forward to talking to you, Pete, God bless you. Thank you for, uh, getting this out here because people don't understand that there are good people like you, Rico and I just trying to do what we thought was going to be best. And you get over there and they tell you one thing and you get over there and you see something different and it's like, man, this is not what I thought. And being honest, sometimes actually, uh, Diverting and ignoring what you were told, and saying <clears throat> I got to, I got to say the truth, and sticking with that, it, it takes a great deal of courage. And I don't know if people really understand that. I hope I know. I think Ben and Leo get that. So, cool. look, I'm, 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 I'm honored to meet you, and I appreciate uh, uh, being here with you guys. I hope we can continue to talk and do more on this. So. Awesome, awesome.
2: So, what, what about you, Pete? Any last, uh,
0: yeah, comments? <laughs> Yeah, last comments, super simple. Um, anybody who wants to get a hold of me, Pete, at breakitdownshow.com. Um, my the the nonprofit is called Ground Truth Center. You can go to GroundTruthCenter.org. If you're a ground truth person, you can just Peter at BreakItDownShow.com. You you are uh, you can you can go on the uh, ground truth center and just email me, Peter. and then uh, Tony, we'd love to hook up with you and chat with you. Rico, you just got a text from me. We'd love to chat with you, and just thank you, everybody. Apologies for being a rough start, fellas. So wasn't my intention. Rico got a text from you. How the hell? Did I told you-, you I know Rico. I told you How, I know Rico. How'd
2: you get his I'm number?
0: The people. Did you want I know those shakes. I know shit? shakes and warlords. Look at that guy. He looks like a shake. And he looks like a warlord. Look at that guy.
2: <laughs> so on that note, Leo. Ever. Yeah, well, I know you've got another show in a half hour, brother. So, yeah, we'll wrap Let's things up. That
3: I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know me, you know how to find me, just Google me. Uh, but I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com. you can learn more there, and uh, we'll kick it over. I know Pete, you mentioned where people can find you, but where do you like people interacting with you on social media? You, you Probably know? X is
0: best, Pete A. Turner on X. That's it, that's the best place.
3: X, that's that, that, that was Twitter, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, no, Twitter, no, no. Pornhub.
3: <laughs> so what he's talking about?
1: <laughs>
0: Only fans, Middle-aged
1: fat. There you go. There you go. Uh, how about you, Tony? Uh, same thing. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter. As a matter of fact, I'm going to look for for uh, Ben right now and and everybody to, to hook up with and, and, and Pete. So T um, spooky. He, uh, I try to answer my emails the best I can. I get a lot, but I'm happy to interact, and I really look forward. And again, uh, thanks, Leo, for having uh, having us on in this. This was a great. Uh, an invitation, I appreciate being part of
3: it. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, Rico.
4: Sorry, I was just answering the text from Pete. Uh, get you guys, can find- <laughs> 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 you guys can find me on Instagram on language underscore ninja. Uh, you can follow the podcast right over here, uh, with the still token and follow Pete Turner too. And then go ahead and read uh, Colonel Schaefer's book, it's really interesting. And uh, thank you for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it, Benjamin.
2: Oh, sorry, I was looking up Pete on X. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's looking Pornhub. He's looking Pete's up. He's looking up Pete's OnlyFans. That's what he's doing, I'm right? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you about to get a new subscriber?
2: <laughs> <laughs> my, my only I for know. the I of you. you subscribe to my own channel. <laughs> For the premium package. Oh man, uh, you know, you can you can check us out at stilltoking.com. Uh you can find out all you see all the shows, uh, hundred and eighty-one episodes now, fifth season. Holy shit. Wow. Um, you know, but you can find out everything about us from the novels to the comic books to the films to the new up and coming animation that we have coming out. Um, uh, but most of all, this amazing show that we've we've created. Um I want to thank Rico for hanging out with us tonight. As always loved having you here, brother, you know, uh, Tony, you know, the friendship that we formed fucking love it. Love thank you too. so much. And Pete, I look forward to forming a, a, a better friendship with you as well. I mean, what you guys do is, is just amazing. Um, but the way I got to end the show the way I always end it. Right to all our veterans and first responders we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do stay safe we'll see you next week uh you three just hang tight for a second we're out of here so come hey.